fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And this week we have a Conowin Moore. Bow, 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 bow. bow. And a Mabon Autumnal Equinox. This is going to be a jam-packed extra sode and we are very excited about it. It's great to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Literally anytime. <laughs> we really appreciate the fact that you want to come. So thank you. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. our listeners absolutely adore you. We get stuff in the inbox all the time about you. Feedback Thanks, about <laughs> how much awesome. they love listening. Yeah. So the Virgo season episode really touched a lot of people. It so really did. thank you. I was I was touched to see how many people resonated with that. So if you're out there and that touched your heart, like I'm so glad. <laughs> my poor Virgos, my poor Virgos out there, like need more love. And um, it was, I mean, it was such a pleasure recording that with you guys as always. And I was just, I mean, I got to see some of it too online, and I was floored. So like, thank you all oh, for your amazing just feedback and support. And I'm here to answer any questions. By the way, can I like throw out my Instagram in case people have things they want to ask me? Like, I'm cool with that. Please, but, yeah, please, yeah. You can go follow for me it. at Conowin Moore on Instagram. I'm very responsive. <laughs> so um, my name is uh, C-A-W-N-A-W-Y-N-M-O-R. So <laughs> if you want to follow me there and have any and like, astrology questions, go for it. <laughs> and I do make sure to I, tag her every time she's she's in episode. I was just going to say, and I always put you in the show notes. So, so yeah. yeah. So show notes and Instagram, you can always find her there. But follow her. And plus you're on our on our on one of our sparks really early on. Really early on. So <laughs> we should reshare that. Yeah. Maybe we'll reshare that in our stories every single time you're on. Oh, you're so <laughs> Okay, I have a question for you okay. that other people may or may not have, and that I could probably Google it, but you're here, so I'm going to ask you. Sure. Yeah, what's up? Is Mabon and the beginning of Libra season the same? Do they always match up every single year? The autumnal equinox, which yes. is the yeah. 22nd, right? Yes. So the autum the autumnal equinox, while we celebrate the equinoxes and the um what is it, the solstices, we can look to astrology to see when those actual times are because they are what's known as the point the cardinal points of the zodiac. So the moment that the sun moves into the sign of Libra, which is going that's going to signify the autumnal equinox or the spring equinox if you're in southern hemisphere. So the four cardinal signs that signify the solstices and the equinoxes are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. So of course we know Capricorn is the sign for us in the northern hemisphere. That's when it's zero degrees Capricorn, that's our Yule or our winter solstice. Whereas on the opposite end, zero degrees Cancer is going to be when we have our summer solstice up in the northern hemisphere. And that is also known as Litha or, you know, <laughs> midsummer. Um, Although technically, I always get confused when I hear that called midsummer because it's definitely not the middle of summer. Uh, typically, I associate that with the llamas. But anyway, right? So, but and as you can hear in the names, Capricorn, Cancer, we have the Tropic of Capricorn, the Tropic of Cancer. So it's related to where those positions are in the sky as well as on our planet Earth, those different hemisphere points. So that's why we have the cardinal point, uh, the signs, and that's why they signify these big changes. So yes, the beginning of Libra season is directly tied 
to the fall equinox because that is the moment of the equinox <laughs> when that sun moves right into that sign. Ta-da! Ta-da! Amazing. <laughs> Yay! I just thought that was an interesting fun fact in case people did not know it. Because, can, yeah. yeah. Can I ask a follow-up question? Sure, of course. Okay, so the four cardinal ones are always on the equinoxes and solstices. What about mm-hmm. the other eight? Are they always at the same time so, um, or do they uh, well shift. So the days can change right it's so like for instance earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking about the fall equinox this year it's going to be september 22nd at 12 21 p.m pacific time but because of the nature of the way everything moves um next year it's going to be it's also going to be actually on september 22nd but it's going to be a different time during the day so those times and days can adjust slightly that's why you have some people that are like i swear to god i'm an aquarius and then you look and you're like no you're girl you're a pisces like you know because it's just on that day my mom's like a very late leo but she's definitely a leo she's not a virgo you know but she's born on the very last <laughs> moments of leo but we have these points in all of the signs Um, They're actually called world points if you look at the actual degrees. So zero degrees cardinal signs is a world point. Um, So when something happens on one of those points, typically um, a transit or anything like that, the whole world is affected. So for the fixed signs, which are going to be Leo, Aquarius, um, Taurus, and Scorpio, at 15 degrees of those signs, you get the middles of the season. So like Leo, 15 degrees is typically Lamas, right? Or like the middle of summer. Whereas the opposite of that, the middle of Aquarius season, usually around February 1st, is going to be the middle of winter for us Northern Hemisphere. And so 15 Mm. degrees fixed signs is going to be another world point. And then I believe, I might be wrong, I think it's nine degrees, it might be seven degrees of the, uh, the mutable signs. And those holidays, I think it's another division of like the space, basically like dividing all the signs up equally. So that way the year is together like divided up equally um whenever those <laughs> I hope like a pie sense. like they're just yeah like a pie exactly so we just keep cutting in half and when that happens we get another world point and those are in the mutable signs and then what's really interesting okay fun tidbit because we went here and i have to nerd out for a second so then if you go another point <laughs> please it's like a little mini astrology <laughs> yeah, lesson. you just keep cutting up the pumpkin pie right like so we're just slicing it in half and then the next one is going to be um, another cardinal point. So that's going to be 22 degrees of the cardinal signs. And 22 degrees Capricorn happens to be where Pluto and Saturn met in January 2020. And that is the point many astrologers point to as the beginning of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) On that day, we had a lot of worldwide things happen. And it was the it was the cataclysmic like transit astrologers had been looking at that for years, decades. And we were yeah. all going, Saturn meets Pluto on 22 degrees Capricorn. What is going to happen? <laughs> and then, you know, you had Jupiter hit that. You had the South Node hit that. You had all kinds of planets hit that point, And it just reverberated, right? And now look at where we're at today. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. Astrology's wild, folks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so geeking out on astrology. I just, I love that. Thank you, Conowen. That's amazing. Of course. Well, hi. Hi. So, what are you, so... Uh, full disclosure here, I really like Libra season because my wife is a Libra. We are already yes. celebrating what we call Tammy Miss, even though her <laughs> birthday is at the end of the month. Yeah, I know. Tammy Miss. Right? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're we're deep into it and she for the first time. I love her so much. 
has agreed to allow me to start decorating for Samhain on Mabon the moment it's over. Because usually she's like, well, I don't want to do that till my birthday's over. But now she was like, nah, I think I'm okay with it. I think it's time. I know. So I am already geeking out and drinking a lot of uh, pumpkin spice chai, everybody. Uh, (laughs) I've got a Starbucks uh, because sometimes convenience is worth it, um, Mm -hmm. has this drink right now called the Apple Drizzle Macchiato. And it's iced, and I can't do espresso, so they made them make it for me as a cold brew. And I got to tell you, I've had like three of them, and they're very, very good. Oh my gosh. Apples everywhere. I consider, because we're in Seattle, I consider Starbucks a hometown coffee shop. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's know. fair. But we make a rule not to have Starbucks when we travel yeah. outside of Washington. I mean, I will say their bathrooms are mighty convenient, right? <laughs> Yeah, Heck yes. Oh, yeah, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Well, hey, let's talk me. about Libras. Yeah. Okay, so Libra season is um, very, very busy this year. Uh, I actually want to address something real quick, though, that I mentioned in the last episode. So, like, be ready. This is a doozy. But I was like, after all the events that happened and after my prediction, I felt like I needed to go in and just, like, highlight a couple things. So I promise this won't take long. If you haven't listened to that episode... Listen to all the episodes these amazing ladies make, for sure. But, like, here we are. <laughs> so that one, I so and I, I stand by a bit of what I said, which was there's a lot of motion and movement and noise happening right now and not a whole lot of forward motion. But I made the very naive statement of that, like, not much is happening in the world. And then we had Afghanistan happen. And we had a lot of really, really big decisions happen that were – quite far-reaching and world-touching and scary. And I just want to point out that actually um, a lot of that stemmed from Uranus went stationed uh, retrograde. So when Uranus and these big planets, they halt, right? They, They don't actually stop, obviously, in the sky. But to us, it appears like they slow, slow, slow down and then stop and then move backwards. And then when they go forwards again later, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to slow, 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 stop, and then finally move forwards. And eek forwards, right? And when those points happen, that's like, if you can imagine this planet as it's slowing down, it doesn't want to stop moving. And so there's so much tension in the sky and it like gets more and more and more tense. And these things can, and also Uranus, as we talked about earlier in this episode, was on a world point. It's at right around 15 degrees, uh, sorry, 15 degrees Taurus right now. And so when that happened, that sent that reverberating like boom across the entire world. And we felt a lot of really, quite frankly, scary things happen. And what did it do? It moved backwards. And as I was saying in the previous few episodes, we have all of our large planets moving retrograde right now. So while there isn't a lot of forward motion, in fact, if anything, it feels like in a lot of ways, we've gone back 20 years. (laughs) We've gone back 100 Mm. years in some cases in the news, right? I mean, yes. And so it like, these are huge, huge events happening. The way I heard it described recently that I really liked is when you're standing at the beach and the water, right, like pulls back, you're standing as you watch the water, like pulling back before it's going to thrush forward. You can see the undercurrents underneath you. So there's a lot of activity and a lot of movement happening, but it's pulling backwards. And we're kind of stuck in that sand right now, like Mm. stuck in there and getting solidified as we watch the water pull, pull back. And guess what that means? Eventually, the water's going to, like, thrust forward. 
And this is, I think, the first beginning stages, as we're going to see in Libra season, of this energy starting to move forwards. Now, forwards could mean really great things, and it can also mean, you know, moving forward in a direction where um, possibly things get more volatile, more chaotic. I mean, people are going to start reacting to what's been going on. So I have a couple ideas in here and a couple um, dates to throw out just to be cautious of, ready for, um, sort of buckle down for, but then also, of course... I will try to give as much advice as I can because we all got to navigate this as humans as best as we can through love. Libra, after all, is all about harmony and beauty, and we deserve that. <laughs> we deserve to fight for that. Libra is about justice. So whatever that means to you, this is kind of that gearing up time of, all right, all this stuff has been happening. We've been having these lessons where we've had them one, two, three, four times. Things have been revealed to us in recent weeks, and it's now becoming the time where we have to decide where are we going with all of this? Where are we going as a society, as a person? Where where do you want your dreams to propel you? So I really wanted to address what I had mentioned last because I felt like, again, I made the naive statement of nothing really is going to happen in the world. And then we had a lot of world happen. So anyway, <laughs> but anyway, before I continue, was there anything? Yeah. <laughs> you said you didn't say nothing would happen. You, as I recall, you said there would be no forward movement. Right. And I think for <laughs> people who happen to align with our thoughts of forward movement, you are absolutely right. Now, for people who think this other thing is forward movement, uh, then then they might have disagreed with you. But I, I think so far, so good. <laughs> I think there has been no forward movement, and I am really excited, and I'm ready for those dates. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I'm ready. I oh, just yeah, wanted no to worries. give you, I just wanted to validate you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate so, that. I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think and a yeah, lot of the- That's what I got. Yeah, good. <laughs> and I'm glad to hear that. I mean, ultimately, I want to be helpful. I don't want to give, you know, advice that's going to steer us in the wrong direction or not make us ready for what's coming. Um, I will mm -hmm. say, too, that while the planets are moving very slowly, all the large planets, we do have we're kind of caught in this interesting relationship with Jupiter and Pluto right now that I think has brought up a lot of I mean, Pluto loves picking up the rocks and looking at all the gunk underneath and seeing the grossness. And it's kind of been going to Jupiter like, yo, Jupiter, doesn't this look cool? And like, do you remember this from like 20, 10 years ago? And Jupiter's like, yeah, man, that I wasn't into that. Like, <laughs> He's not ready to like go there. He wants to like move. I mean, he's an Aquarius. He's like, I've, I've, I've moved past that guy. Like, come on. And so we've kind of had this weird, like, again, recurring resurfacing of old things that maybe we've been ashamed of. Maybe we haven't wanted to look at maybe are really ugly parts of our past. I mean, again, I'm thinking world news here, but this could apply mm -hmm. in your own life as well. Um, and that we're kind of forced to look at again and go, oh God, yeah, that did happen. Like, what are we going to do about it? I think uh, most often the question with astrology is, here are a lot of things the universe is going to remind you of. So what's your plan now? <laughs> and, and this this season is no nah. different. So, you know, so we start off Libra season. Actually, if we just rewind a little bit from that uh, September 22nd date, we're going to have a full moon in Pisces to sort of kick us off. Um, and that full moon is going to happen on September 20th. And this is an especially magical full moon. I love a moon in Pisces. Um, moon loves being in Pisces in the depths of the ocean. 
And to me, I'm like, all right, a full moon is a time of manifestation, illumination. We've had a lot of lessons thrown at us, and I'm talking anything from like, you know, you found out something in your past, or you found out someone was doing something they shouldn't have, or you, you know, or you're going off and finding out things about a dream you had, and maybe it's not going to work, or it is going to work. Whatever that means to you, things have probably been revealed in one form or another, and we've been having to confront that over and over again. This is the time to go, okay, this that was a lot. Uh, Virgo season handed it to us. What do I want to let go of so I can actually move forward and progress with my life? And in a Pisces way, we can do a lot of magic around this. This is leading up right into the fall equinox, into my bond, so really beautiful time for magic. So we kind of start this like whole season off with like magical fairy dust on top going like, what is your dream? Keep it in mind because we got a hell of a month coming. <laughs> so take advantage of this full moon, people. It's beautiful. So we got the full moon, and then we, as I said earlier, we have Libra season starting on September 22nd. It's going to happen at 1221 Pacific time p.m., um, which means it'll be 321 uh, p.m. over on the East Coast. And a little bit about Libra. I'm not going to dive super deep into Libra because I think Libra is kind of well understood, but I also think Libra... Libra is one of those signs that people think they know and then they don't realize how smart Libra is because Libra is highly intelligent. Even the Libras that claim they're airheads, they're lying. It's not true. <laughs> so Libra is the scales. <laughs> Libra, Libra's life is about balance. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they own balance. Typically, these are the people that are constantly trying to figure out what balance is in their life and have a hell of a time doing it. And life throws them a whole lot of curveballs. If I may say on that, that is what took me the longest thing to figure out about Tammy because I, I was like, I was like, oh, she's a Libra. She's always balanced. Yeah, no. That pendulum swinging, whoo, it's big in Libras. It yeah. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and I think uh, a lot of people, when they assume a Libra is going to have all their life together in harmonious balance, they meet them and it's just like bing, 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 bing all the time. And this sign is an air sign. I think we forget sometimes. Libra is the intellectual beauty. It's the beautiful mind. It's, it's highly intelligent. It strives to see all the different facets of what's going on. And typically, they can pick up on a lot going on and kind of put it all together. And what happens is, is a Libra that's incredibly secure can be the most honorable judge of a situation and find the beauty in both sides of any relationship or situation and come bring those sides together, come up with some sort of a compromise or a solution. And both sides are like, I got the better end of this deal because Libra charmed it out of them, right? When Libra suffers a little bit is Libra is is about relationship, it's about the you and I together, us, right? Instead of its opposite Aries, which is about me, me, me. So Libra sometimes gets so reliant on relationship and what others think of, what others need, what others expect of them, what others would rather do. And they can get so reliant on that that they kind of lose their sense of self. So it's so important for a Libra, for if you are a Libra or if you have a lot of Libra in your chart, to really like solidify what it is you believe. Because yes, while you're this master at figuring out how to provide harmony and balance in relationship and in your life, you know, you're, you're getting your PhD in it in this lifetime. That's what you signed up for. It's so important to have your own opinions, your own ideals, and to stand by them and find that strength to do so, which can be, again, a lifelong lesson to do. So, um, 
I just think that Libras are really interesting and they're highly underrated as well. And I feel like I could say this about every sign, to be honest, like every sign has so much misunderstanding, but Libra is one of those that I kind of had like a love affair with recently where I was like, wow, Libra energy is super dope. <laughs> so, anyway, love to all my Libras out there. <laughs> and Libra, um, as, as I said, it's, it's harmony, it's beauty, it's relationship. It's ruled by Venus, of course. Now let's talk about Venus for a second because Venus is going to be very interesting over the next month. We have Venus right now in Scorpio. And Venus in Scorpio, she don't mess around. <laughs> she is deep. She is calculating. She can be a bit obsessive. She can be shrewd, a bit manipulative when she needs to get her way. She's alluring and magnetic and powerful. And well, like Venus, she's not always at home in here because typically she likes being in her other sign, Taurus. Taurus and Libra are the two signs of Venus. When Venus is in its opposite, Scorpio, it can be extremely like intense and powerful. And I actually really happen to like Venus and Scorpio, but I have a very dear Venus and Scorpio close to me, so I see a lot of the good in it. Um, but right now, that can kind of make us all just really want to sink our teeth in and be stubborn about what our values are, what our um, <laughs> what our like possessions are. We want to hold on to them closely. We want to like make sure people understand what those values and morals are. And we kind of just like sink our toes into the sand and we don't want to move because Scorpio is, it's a fixed sign. It doesn't want to move. <laughs> so it's important to remember that while Venus is in this sign right now, relationships, this Libra season has an intense flavor to it. And people are not going to be as inclined to be open-minded like a Libra or be open-minded like you know, what we would like to tell them because right now we're so stuck in what it is we believe and what we want that that's going to kind of come up against them a little bit. So just be aware of that. But then on October 7th, which there's a lot happening around October 7th, like if you've got your, if you've got your calendars out, October 7th, here we go. So to start, Venus will move into Sagittarius and Venus and Sag is a whole party, okay? Like, di totally different energy from Scorpio. She, like, comes out, she's dressed to the nines, and she's boisterous and loud, and she's authentic, and she's fun. She's, like, fun and fancy, free time. So, like, the second half of Libra season, that sounds really romantic and awesome. The thing is, there's so much happening, and I'll get into that in just a moment, that the extravagance and the loudness and the fun may really translate into us kind of at an explosion point. It could be a critical point where we've had enough of sticking our heads in the sand. It's time to like start yelling and screaming because stuff is coming out and we're, we're loud and proud. In fact, it will be so close. Venus will be so close to the south node. It can kind of bring out that shadow side of Sagittarius, which can be very self-righteous. So just something to be aware of too. It's like, if anything... I feel like we're kind of all just going to sink in further into what it is we're processing, what it is we need. And then there's going to become a point where you might feel like, you know what, I've had enough. I just need the world to know how I feel and I'm, I'm done being quiet. So kind of a scary like <laughs> season, to be honest. I mean, I feel like it can go really well. Of course, Sagittarius is beautiful energy and that can be this striving for bigger knowledge and bigger ideas. And we can, you know, think about the higher sides of Scorpio and of Sagittarius, especially if you're struggling right now, and try to seek those out if you're trying to find a way through this, because 
that is how we show our love and our affection, what Venus brings to us. That's how we, you know, interact with our possessions, interact with our aesthetic, interact with whatever it is you hold near and dear to your heart that you just love because you love it. Like, love it proudly. Do it and and remember that, like, we can all love what we love together. Like, you know, and, and if it's something that you want to fight for, like, call in all fighters, to be honest, in October, because things are about to go down, I think. We're going to see that wave come back to us, right? It's going to move forward. We're going to see the wave push into us and want us to move somewhere. And so no more of this backwards action. It's all this tension is building up to something. And that something, you have a decision how you're going to manifest that in your life, what you want that to look like. So take advantage of it too. It's very, very powerful energy. So let's talk about that whole process a little bit. But as I get into that, um, I would be a very bad astrologer if I didn't mention that there is a Mercury retrograde in the middle of Libra season. So we're going to have a whole lot of planets in Mercury in retrograde. And Mercury is, of course, the one that affects us all directly. It's a fast, tiny moving planet. And it, it's right in our personal sphere. So all the stuff happening up in the heavens that we're like, okay, that's over there. I can't really affect that a whole lot, but it's happening and it affects me. Now Mercury is saying, okay, so, you know, all this momentum you're feeling, like, let's try to focus on that and not move too fast, even though Mercury kind of wants us to move fast. Uh, Mercury in retrograde is is chaotic and usually wants us to like frenetically move forward, which is what happens when we get these transportation issues and communication issues. We don't pay attention to the details and Mercury is all about details. So what is the cure? To do the opposite, to slow down, to refocus, regenerate, re, you know, re is the, is the theme with retrograde, right? So that retrograde is going to be happening starting on September 26th. It starts in the evening, um, but it's going to be the early a.m. for our East Coast friends. And the truth is, I don't know about you guys, but I'm already kind of prepping for the Mercury retrograde. And you can do this too. So on September 7th, Mercury hit the point that it's going to regress back to at the end of its retrograde, which is going to be later around um, October 17th. So... On September 7th, did anything happen to you that was all of a sudden a new form of communication? Did something come into your sphere, into your world? And if it hasn't happened yet, it might make itself known to you very quickly um, leading into this retrograde. Because typically what happens is we see round one in the shadow, right? And it's as Mercury goes over the planetary points, goes over the aspects, that's our introduction to it. Then the retrograde occurs and that's our time to go over it again. So it, like it reverses back and that's our time to refocus, rethink, re, you know, re-envision, go back in and really plan that out, figure out what it is. Sometimes it rears its ugly head a second time. And then when it goes direct again, it's going to go back over those same planets. And so we get round three. Things happen a lot in threes in astrology. <laughs> so if something came up, and I'd, I'd be really curious, like if you, you know, go back in your journals, go back in your calendar, and if anything came up that was kind of out of the blue or harken back to a past time, I know I had something happen that I was like, oh, that's definitely a retrograde story. I have not seen the end of that yet. These things you can start to pick up on and realize, okay, like something about this is 
is drawing my attention to it again. Again, usually it has something to do with, you know, it could be an ex coming back. It could be a ghost from your past. It could be a scenario or situation that you're having to relive again. Um, and it, if it hasn't happened yet, it still has a chance because Mercury has a lot of, a lot of travel to go through before it goes backwards over those planets. So just be aware you can start preparing. You can start mentally sort of going there now. And then of course, getting all your technology in line, back up your hard drives, people, oh my gosh, <laughs> and um, make sure everything is safe, working, get your car tested, all that kind of stuff. Anything transportation technology is usually what will break around Mercury retrograde. So if it needs to get fixed now, don't make it a bigger problem for you during the retrograde. That's the best way to prepare for it. So that's a big one. <laughs> and this when, kind of happens. Oh, yeah, go ahead. When does Mercury come out of retrograde? <laughs> when is it over? <laughs> it comes out. When is it on, over? It comes out on October seventeenth, and we've got a whole couple dates in October. Like I'm gonna go over in a second, but those are the dates to write down. So as it goes, remember as it stations, right? When the planets stop, they are at their most powerful. It's that magnetic, like you know, when you have the two magnets against each other, and they and you're trying to push them together as hard as you can, and they will not move. They're stopped. That's that energy when a planet stations. And we have a whole lot of those happening all at the same time. So that is why I foresee a very, very loud, very, very explosive October, um, potentially. And again, I, you know, everybody stays safe out there because it's a scary world, but it's also very incredibly powerful energy that you can use to manifest the direction you want to go in. Um, so this retrograde is happening after, you know, an, an exciting start to our Libra season. We have that beautiful moon. We're going to feel motivated. The planets are in really juicy positions that get us like, okay, like, I think I know what my plan is. I think I know how I'm, how I'm moving forward. And then the retrograde happens and it's like, okay, you think you're ready? Think again. <laughs> so we get this kind of put on the brakes right at the end of September into October and then the big weeks happen. So here we go. Jumping into, this is the date part, the, the um, important part. So Pluto is going to be stationing our big, big friendly planet. I mean, he's not enormous, but he's a big power maker at the end of the universe. He stations and you're we're all going to feel it, especially around October 6th and 7th. Saturn is going to station. So big planet Saturn in charge of discipline and all things time and hard work. He's going to be stationing around October 9th to 11th is going to be that critical period. We really feel him stop and, and not move. And then Jupiter is going to station October 17th through 18th is that prime period where Jupiter and Jupiter is huge. We usually really feel when Jupiter stations because that can kind of affect us more personally. Jupiter's our morals, our highest values, our ideals, the things that, you know, make us get up in the morning and get excited about the world. That going is crazy. Would you mind explaining to, you know, I mean, I understand what it means, but... Um, <laughs> If you, would you mind explaining what it means for a planet to be stationing? Yeah, of course, no problem. <laughs> so when a planet moves, uh, so a planet moves normally throughout the sky, we see it track across the sky, and then actually it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. So um, when the planet moves retrograde, it actually means that it's at its closest point to Earth in the sky. And what happens in the sky, it's really interesting. It appears as if it's going backwards. So if you think of it like a pendulum, right? So a pendulum is going to move across your, your sight line, and then it kind of comes to a stop at its highest point, and then it moves back across, and that's the retrograde motion. And then it's going to sort of stop again, 
and then it moves again. So stationing is when it's that in that transition period, that stop. I'm of course like modeling with my hands and nobody can see this. This is like how I talk. And so it's moving to a stop and that critical point where there's all that tension I was talking about, the two magnets against each other, that's the station. So stationing, you, you typically hear it's stations retrograde, stations direct. So at the very beginning, it's gonna station retrograde when it stops and it moves into retrograde motion, and then it will station direct when it stops and moves direct motion. Does that make more sense? Got it. Yes. Cool. So Mercury okay. is going direct at the same time that, um, that, that Jupiter, Jupiter stations. Yes. Holy moly. So they're all stationing oh direct God. in like the period of two weeks. So I'm looking at October 4th through 11th to be a very powerful week. That is going to be when Pluto and Saturn station. Those are our big boys in the sky that mean business. Um, they're typically, male- I mean, they're called yeah. malefics because they, they bring a lot of, they can bring a lot of hardship and a lot of... Um, you know, and then moving forward can bring a lot of uh, oppression, depression, suppression. That's that's a Saturn concept. And then Pluto is really opening up and looking at the ugliest parts of everything. I mean, it's the underworld, the god of the underworld, right? It's what we are ashamed of. So you have those planets stopping, those energies getting supercharged for a moment. And then, and of course, they're moving very, very slowly. So while, you know, Mercury will station and the next day it'll be moving direct. These planets, they slow, 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 slow down for weeks before they get to that point. And so that critical point is so tense because of that. And that's why I'm like, everybody batten down your hatches and get ready because October, I mean, we saw with the Uranus moving retrograde when it's stationed, that brought a whole lot of world news. And right now, we're looking at two weeks in October, kind of October 4th through the 20th is, is the like rough period I'm giving. So most of October is going to start looking really interesting, <laughs> to say the least. So wow, it is it is a crazy season. <laughs> Conowin, as a witch, do you feel like there's anything knowing this that we can? Is there anything we can do with our magic that that helps this? Or do we just have to write it out and be supportive and kind? I mean, always do that anyway. Well, yeah. Well, I I, I mean, yes, one. Yes, but but is that all? But is that all we can do? Is Mm -hmm. be supportive of and kind? As a witch, I would say first and foremost, you have so much infinite power within you. So there's never a. I wouldn't say there's ever a transit that you have to just sit back and let happen to you. Um, these transits, like, I think I've mentioned this analogy in the past. I love it. It's like the weather, right? And some, some transits are going to feel like Mm -hmm. a rainstorm and you still go out and you live your life and you still do it. And you just, you know, you make sure you bring a rain jacket and other transits are like a hurricane. And what do we got to do with a hurricane sometimes is evacuate, but we still have to move. We still have to choose to act or not to act. And sometimes it can just get exhausting. I mean, transits are always happening. So I'm not here saying everyone needs to act on every transit that would dry all of us out and we'd all be dead. (laughs) It'd be exhausting. But these transits, (laughs) if you feel this like pressure, this pull, this motivation, this call to do something, whatever that is. And again, it doesn't have to be some worldwide goal. It can be something within your own life. You can take advantage of this power and use it to your advantage. What I was going to say is, as you were talking about this, I can see, I can definitely see the the, the challenges of this particular month. 
But I have to say, I got excited as you were talking. It feels like a very powerful time to possibly harness some powerful energy for change, or it, it feels like a powerful time. So you were saying... A really great way to kind of figure out, okay, you know, I want to use this power. I'm feeling motivated, but maybe you don't know the direction to go in. That's really where your natal chart is going to come in handy. Now, something I will say, it's super important Mm -hmm. if you really want to pinpoint where this energy needs to be in your life. You need to have your time of birth, but you can go online and you can find any free chart and you can put in, you put in your location um, that you were born, your time that you were born, the day you were born. Uh, and it will come up with a chart for you. And when you find these planets in your chart, right? So, so say for instance, Pluto. Pluto is going to station direct and that's a really, really powerful time. And so if I wanted to use that to my advantage, I would look at my chart and I go, okay, where is Pluto in my natal chart? Where is Pluto comfortable in my own being? Mm-hmm. And I see, okay, it's in the eighth house. And there's so much, there's so many resources out there, you guys, like you can go look up, okay, that's that's in this quadrant and there's usually a number eight or a number one or two, wherever the house is in your chart. And you can go look up what does that house mean? And then really, I always say this, like astrology is kind of a study of archetypes. So you take the archetype Pluto, combine it with whatever the house, that eighth house means or whatever house it is for you, put those energies together. And usually you can come up with a pretty good idea of, all right, this is where this planet is comfortable acting in my life. And this is where I need the change. So for me in the eighth house, if you've got it in your eighth, it's very, very common for a lot of my uh, Pluto and Scorpio out there. (laughs) It's, um, it's it's a great time for me to let go and and to watch things die. In fact, Pluto's really happy in the eighth house. Eighth house is about death and resurrection. It's a it's that Phoenix house. So if I wanted to purge something, whether it be internal or external, a great I mean, sometimes um I find that you know, a lot of these things can be very internal. It's me, it's it's purging, it's my creativity or whatever. But going out and doing something that resembles that, so like me getting rid of a bunch of clothes, that's a method of purging. It doesn't have to be this really deep internal, like powerful thing if you don't feel like you can tap into that. Do something physical that also manifests that energy. And sometimes that'll be a catalyst for something internal to also start working as well. But you really have so much like, to, you can work with within your own natal chart. It's so important to do astrology in a deep way that way, because just letting these transits happen to you, you know, <laughs> you can let them happen. You can see what happens, but um, then you're kind of at the mercy of whatever it is you choose not to act on. But you can act. You do have the power to do that and to to choose how you want this to manifest. And if you have something that you, you know, maybe I love maybe, that. Oh, good. Um, If you have something that you're feeling close to, like say I I wasn't in the mood to do any kind of purging, but I knew I really wanted to go after this career path or something. Well, maybe that doesn't show up in Pluto or Saturn or Jupiter in my chart. But you know what? If I'm feeling called to it, if you're feeling called to something, there's a reason for that. It could be your progress chart, right? Like we as humans evolve over time and astrology is going to call us to do certain things, go on certain journeys. So if you do feel something that maybe doesn't resonate with your natal chart, I say go for it anyway. Use the power. You are a powerful individual. You can you can manifest your dreams. You can take advantage of this and do whatever magic is really calling to you because there's a reason for it. Trust that intuition above all else that won't fail you. So... Yeah. <laughs> this is such great advice, Kanawan. This I'm is good. great. I need you to do my chart so bad. I'd be happy to. It's awesome. I've had my chart done. 
and, we have and so much yes, fun. you should all go get your chart done. I'm gonna set up a time with you this week. I'm gonna email you, and we're gonna get, we're gonna Let's do, do it because I need yeah. it. I'm gonna get in there. It'll be great. Yeah, it's super. I mean, I, I, Dada, you of course can speak to it probably better than I can at this point because I've been reading charts for a while. But I just I love showing people their strength. I love showing people, you know, like this is this is what She's you were born so to be good. and do, and and it's powerful and beautiful. Like everybody has. There's not. I don't know of a, a not beautiful chart. Everybody's chart has joy and fun in it and it can also really help contextualize your your pain and your suffering and lead you in a direction i mean that's at least my goal always to empower you with your chart because it's yours it's your individual journey your path through life and you can make it whatever you it is you want it to look like um we have so much power as individuals and astrology is no different it's just a different roadmap I felt so empowered after our meeting. And not only that, you taught me something new that I didn't know about progressive charts. And 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 I have been focusing more on what it's like to be an Aquarian right now. I don't think I told uh I, I don't think I told Corey about this. So I've kind of been trying to embrace that energy as well as my natal chart. It's 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 been eye-opening and life-changing. I'm not joking, Kana, when it's been great. So yeah, everyone, go get your chart done with her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know where to find me, <laughs> as we discussed earlier. Any other uh, important things we should know about the upcoming Libra season? <laughs> I will say, um, I, I'll just point out that, and I know I've been I'm sounding like a broken record this year, a lot of that tension, a lot of that power that I'm talking about, that undercurrent of those planetary movements. And while we're seeing a lot of action starting, I think this month, and it's only going to continue because our climax of this once again is that Saturn Uranus square, which is the undercurrent, that theme of the whole year. So Saturn, what is tradition, what has been always done, structure, stability, up against in like a full on battle with Uranus, which is which is powerful, unstoppable energy that is radical and is changing and there's no stopping it. It's that tower card. There's no, there's no putting the, like keeping the tower up. It's coming down, baby. So you put those two forces against each other, that unstoppable object and immovable force, and you put those against each other. That's going to cause some huge, huge ramifications. We've seen it twice already this year. So congratulations. You've survived two of the three. You're going to make it. We're almost there. <laughs> but I definitely see the climax of a lot of this pent-up energy it's all leading toward that final square this year and that's going to be on a december 23rd so christmas eve eve is what we're all looking at going okay and it may again <laughs> this is all happening like i know right like what a holiday season well yippee um so as we get closer a lot of these transits because they're so big and these planets are so big and powerful we see them happening in kind of slow motion. So it may be a significant event in your life that spurs something, but it may also just be the setting up of a new direction in your life, a new journey, a new calling. We are all being called to change. We are all being called to decide where we stand and where we want to be. And again, this doesn't have to be some big worldview. It can just be you and whatever it is you're processing right now. Progress is progress, okay? Like, I don't judge, <laughs> you know? And so, and it's really, really important that while, you know, this this whole thing is 
really kind of two extremes at each other that we don't fall into extreme thinking because that's when you come up against each other in that explosion. We've got to remain flexible. We've got to remain um, ready to deal with what's uncomfortable and, and to push through it together. I think we've all like this year has really just called into question so much of the, what we've learned and what we want and how we want to see reality shift going forward because it has indeed shifted. So remaining flexible is really important. Don't stay too extreme, but we can do this together, guys. We've already made it through a lot of the worst of it, and the next few months are just going to ramp up into this last big push. So um, please be safe out there, first and foremost, <laughs> no matter what, because <laughs> it's, it's a crazy time to be alive. Wowzers. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm yeah, actually good. really excited. I feel really ready after listening to this. Conowin, thank you so much. It is such a joy to have you part of this. I, we appreciate you and are very grateful. It's one of the highlights of my month for sure. Oh my gosh. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy yeah. to be here. Like, thank you from yeah. the bottom of my heart. It's, it's so great going over all this with you. And, you know, hopefully you out there, um, it helps. And I'm always here to try to help and empower. So it's, it's really just my honor to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoy the rest of this, um, frankly, beautiful overcast foggy day. <laughs> no. The fall vibes today are just so sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's they're so I have a sweater on. Yeah. I have a sweater on. I put on closed-toed shoes. Right. I know. <laughs> like who am I? Yeah. She's not summer no it's more. It's great. We're I'm loving it. <laughs> no, no. Nay, nay. Get out of fall, here, y'all. It's yeah. fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. Oh, we will see you next month and thank you so much. See you next month for Scorpio season. Oh, and happy birthday to all my Libras out there. <laughs> happy birthday, Libras. Happy birthday, Libras. Maban, a.k.a. Atominal Equinox, depending on whether you're Wiccan or just a witch. And in the Southern Hemisphere, this is going to be your spring equinox. Bow, 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 bow. Hello. I'm going to order... A planner for the Southern Equinox this year, I've decided. Just to, like, have it handy? Yeah. I think it's important. I, yeah, I want to remind myself and see what the planner says differently for them than it says for us. Yes. And just so that we can keep connecting with them because it's been fun. All you Australians, New Zealanders, and other people in the Southern Hemisphere who've been connecting with us, hello and thank you. Hello. We love you. Thank you. So we have done some pretty in-depth stuff about Mabon. Uh, we have a full episode about it from last year. We have the bit from the Wheel of the Year stuff. Yeah. Um, so this week, I have brought, as my contribution to the Mabon celebration, the Equinox celebration this year, a recipe uh, that I would like to share with all of you. Awesome. Is that okay? Oh, please. Okay. Now, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you got a different recipe. <gasps> So, ah. you know, it's pretty good or whatever. Um, also, big thank you to uh, the feedback I've been getting about the new newsletter format. Um, I'm glad it looks good. I'm glad you're liking it. Um, and we're going to have that hot link on the website soon. Oh, that's so exciting. For you to be able to just get up on there and click it. Um, but this recipe utilizes apples because, as we've talked about in our previous episodes, and you're probably going to know from literally everywhere that talks about this holiday, apples are a big deal. And this is a Equinox Festival apple cider. So the ingredients you're going to need is a half a gallon of apple cider, which can be store-bought or you can make it yourself, up to you. You know, 
which is on a budget, uh, which is on a time budget. We all we all experience it. Um, you're gonna need one large apple. I like a honey crisp. You're gonna need 18 whole cloves, a half a teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of nutmeg, and three cinnamon sticks. So you're gonna cut the apple in half that fun fancy way that you do so you can see all the seeds in the middle like a star. You, you're familiar? You're familiar. Uh, with the, Oh, yeah. yeah oh, God, you know. yes. I do it all the time. I've, uh, I think I've posted a couple pictures of that. It's one of my favorite things to do is cut the apple that way and see it. It's fun. It's beautiful. So you'll do that. This is after you've washed it, obviously. And then you're going to poke the cloves into each half. So nine in each half. And I like to just put them around the border. You're just going to stick them in. And then once that is prepared... You're going to put everything into a large pot. I have my Dutch oven for this, but you can, you know, use a large saucepan or whatever you've got. And you're just going to kind of boil it gently for about 30 minutes. Um, if you'd like, you can put your cinnamon sticks in and put them in like a sachet so they aren't just floating around. I like having them float around just wild like little um, logs in my stuff. That's fun. Uh, and then you're just going to kind of stir it. And I want you, this is kind of an intuition exercise as well. I want you to stir it when it feels right to stir it. Mm, I love that. That's when you're going to stir it. And every time you stir it, I want you to think of something that you're ready to let go of from this year. That's very important. Um the ingredients we have um apples are for the goddess they're for love they're for healing the cloves are for protection and banishment the cinnamon sticks are there for success baby uh and success success and the salt is for purification and the nutmeg is there for prosperity and luck um this is a very good cider it's also hecking delicious. Mm -hmm. And if you're so inclined, you could throw some apple brandy or some dark rum in there um, or some whiskey. Make it like, make it a spicy cider. <laughs> Depending on what kind of celebration you're having, this is a really great thing to have with your cakes and ale after a ritual. Uh, it's best served like warm and you can also do all of this mulling basically and then chill it and serve it over ice mm. um, you can freeze it into popsicles you can kind of do whatever you want with it it's something i'm going to be making for the equinox this year and i'm really excited about it and i wanted to share that with all of you that maybe we could have that together even though we're far apart i'm excited to try it i may throw in some caramel oh heck yes oh yeah and a little mm -hmm. dash or two of salt yeah. <laughs> so it tastes like a salted, salted caramel, caramel apple. apple. <laughs> yeah, there is salt in it, but you're welcome to up that dose. Oh, you could wow. even finish it with flaky salt at the end. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Do you know what I haven't done that you just made me think of hmm. with flaky salt? Is I've never put salt on my apple. We used to do that with watermelon when I was a kid all the time. Oh, yeah. I salt watermelon. Yeah. I put, put tahini on watermelon all the time, too. Oh, tahini. Mm, yum. Mm. Yeah. Well... My contribution, I'm, I'm going to do a couple of things. One, I think I'm committing here out loud. <laughs> Hopefully it will be present by the week of the 20th. I am going to try to figure out how to post a blog post on our website so that I go a little bit in depth about the things that I want to encourage you to explore and give you a little bit more, give you a couple 
more ideas fleshed out than what I'm just going to drop in your ear right now for exploration. But I will also put some links to some websites in the show notes. And one of them that I'm going to have you go to is see how the fall equinox is celebrated around the world with National Geographic. It is an amazing article and it's a way to get ourselves out of the United States and into other places that do celebrate the autumnal equinox and that do use magic, maybe not the same way that we manifest and not the same way we practice. But it's a really great article that just kind of opens that up for you. The other thing that I really want to encourage is a gratitude ritual around Mabon and the autumnal equinox because we've come into all this stuff that hopefully we've harvested this year. And piggybacking on what Corey said about letting go and banishing, think about what you want to let go. I also want to encourage you, even though it's not the witch's new year just yet, start to think about, write down, maybe not do a ritual about it just yet, but start to write down the things you want to see yourself achieving this next year. And maybe start to, if you're a planner, start to plan out when would a spell for that particular intention be useful Mm -hmm. where will it have the most power and we just heard Conowen talk about all these power days that Mm -hmm. are coming up in Libra season and speaking of Libra season because autumnal equinox is about this maybe a balancing ritual as well something is something out of balance in your life that you need to bring back into balance start to look at your life in that way are you getting enough sleep Are you drinking enough water? Are you enjoying life enough? Are you allowing yourself pleasure as well as work? Work, exactly, or activism. It's wild that you say that. My mom and I, um, my mom and I are starting a process that's very a lot. So excited, and it's requiring a little bit of letting go. And we were talking about it, and we were talking about how it's okay to like leave behind the heavy stuff Mm -hmm. let go of the heavy stuff and instead take with you moving forward the stuff that makes you feel light Mm. i think that that's something that resonates with your balance practice i think so yeah yeah i think sometimes we carry our burdens for much longer than is useful to us yes guilty (laughs) and it uh, same and it's it's because it's hard to let them go yeah it's hard to let go of trauma it's hard to let go of not even trauma it's hard to sometimes just let go of you know stuff that you have around your house that you're not using anymore not that i'm gonna marie condi on you marie condo marie condo uh yeah yeah but seriously what conowin said about just getting rid of some t-shirts it doesn't have to be a big thing it doesn't have to be a traumatic thing just finding that balance giving yourself some more space physical space Mm -hmm. so those are the two things that i want to encourage you and then the other thing yes and this is kind of Corey doesn't know what i'm gonna say Uh (laughs) if you do deity work i want to encourage you to look at the following deities for autumnal equinox and maban demeter persephone artemis Diana, Cernos, Odin, Dionysus, and Osiris. And those are 
gods, mostly in European areas, but Osiris is the Egyptian god who brewed beer for uh, the Egyptian pantheon, and they have become associated with the harvest. Nice. Those are just some gods I want to throw out. And one of the reasons that I mentioned that Corey, this is actually Corey inspired, is because I've been really drawn to Persephone. So you'll be hearing this on the 17th. So hopefully you can prep for your festivities. And on the 29th of September, we're going to be talking to Courtney Weber, probably about a couple of goddesses, but specifically about her new book, Hecate. She is, when you read the book, I don't want to go too much into it because we're going to talk about it on that episode. Read her book and then come back and chat with us about Hecate and Artemis and Demeter and Persephone. And you'll probably go, oh, that's why Dada was thinking about all those goddesses in there after you read her book, which is so good. I'm so excited to talk to her about it. Uh, Mm. On that same note, my deity who has similar to Persephone type mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah. Uh, my my interactions with her this last week or so have been different. Wow. So that's fun. Yeah. She's doing it feels very much like every time I like meditate or or try to work with her, she's definitely giving me one of those like oh big stretch, like, okay. <laughs> like, all right. What do you, what are we doing today? Cause the energy is changing to fall times instead out of summer times that's great i'm yeah. excited i have i don't i cannot remember a time i've been so excited for fall oh, i am God. so excited for fall i usually wait till the actual equinox to decorate I september know. 1st baby is when that happened wow i just i'm just craving it for some reason yeah. i wore a shirt the other day that said it's fall y'all and tammy who loves fall said <laughs> i'm gonna get a shirt that says it's still summer <laughs> and we can wear those in the month of September until the equinox together. So. Yeah, so that's that's my yeah that's my contribution for this. And look for a blog post. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Hopefully by Mabon. Ho- hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by if you're Wiccan and uh, if you're and if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to our Mabon slash autumnal equinox episode and you'll find the difference between the two of them even though they are celebrated on the same day i just made myself laugh very did you you said if you're wiccan so in my head immediately because i'm a child was like mabon if you're wiccan the fall equinox if you're nasty (laughs) (laughs) a child of your times oh my god well y'all we have one spark. It's it's a little short guy. I found it when I was putting together my recipe for my spell. And it's just a book. It's a book reco called Moon, uh, Moon Magic Mixology by Julia Helena Hadas. Check out her list of books because they're great. But the one in particular that I am shouting out is Moon Magic Mixology. Do, do, do. It's got a really fun... Moon Magic Mixology, from Lunar Love Spell Sangria to the Solar Eclipse Sour, 70 Celestial Drinks Infused with Cosmic Power. How great is that? It rhymes. It's fun. It's good. Please check it out. And if I'm not mistaken, she has another cocktail book out, which we will be talking about in our Patreon with Night Classy. Well... 
that's it for us. Uh, we hope that you have the best ever fall equinox celebration and that you move into Libra season feeling prepared. Um, and until next time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget, you are magic. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. The Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.